It's the Misdeeds and Intrigue podcast, featuring stories of royals, scandals, and true crime. Here are your hosts, Harry and Larissa. Hey, 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 thanks for joining us. Real quick promise, please find us and follow us at Mistreat Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We have curated content on Pinterest and Flipboard. Check out our channels on TikTok and YouTube, and if you would be so kind, like that famous prince we all know, please show us some love and rate and review us. Positive vibes only, right? But first... Champagne. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back. I am Carrie. And I am Larissa. And I just want to bring up the fact that it's Freedom Friday for us. (laughs) So we're just going to throw a whole bunch of interesting stories in and out of the news at you today. And you just dabble in the tasting pool of scandal and see what you like. (laughs) And hopefully we have like a really good book written about us one day about us finding some freedom. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I told you I ordered that book on Amazon and it had some big sticker that came from and it said discarded. What? What book was it? Finding Freedom. About oh, the Megan, Megan and, and Harry's. And it said discarded? Oh. Yeah, I think it was like the last because I like to buy used books on there. No. I just. A new biography of Meghan Markle and Prince Harry is officially out. Finding Freedom is written by two journalists and provides a detailed portrait of their life behind palace walls and a glimpse into some of the events that led to the couple stepping back from their royal duties. The Duke and Duchess of Sussex have denied contributing to the book. Well, with me now from London is the book's co-author and royal reporter Omid Scobie. Good to have you with us. Thanks for having me. So why did you decide to write this book? And if you didn't have any input from the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, as you insist, how were you able to tell the full story? Well, this book was sort of born out of a very unique situation. As, as my time covering Harry and Meghan and speaking with those close to them, I realised that the sort of difference between what we were seeing about the couple and the pages of some of the British tabloids was very different to what I was seeing, sort of having a front row seat on the royal beat, and also from speaking from those, to those that work with them or know them. And so I felt like there was a chance here to tell another side of the story. And although there was no participation from a couple in the book, we were able to speak with some of the people closest to them within their inner circle, close friends, uh, palace aides, past and present, as well as people they've worked with in their charitable spaces and, of course, in Meghan's entertainment career as well read one on the uh, memoirs of a lady who lived through the cultural revolution in in China so I'm like getting books like that alongside Megan and Harry and it kind of puts things in perspective do you think it's because they finally found their freedom and they don't need to write books Uh, on it anymore and it was discarded I think yeah I I love I love your I love your positive thinking but no lie (laughs) you read the Chinese revolution about what went down uh-huh. and then you then I'm like going on to finding freedom and I was like I gotta take a break because it will make me way too like jaded and sarcastic agitated did it make you agitated did it raise your hackles <laughs> 300 million of his own people would be a price worth paying 
he was basically saying, I can lose half of my people to get what I want. I'm ready to take that risk. That's a brutal, callous way of thinking. Ultimately, his heartless political regime oversees the slaughter of millions. Violence works. It works through power. He was convinced that politics had to be violent. This is the story of a sadistic autocrat addicted to brutality. From his communist roots, through his reign of cruelty and revenge. Mao was in the league of a Hitler and Stalin. Even after his death, the fear Mao instilled keeps him revered to this day. Well, think about it. This lady lived through the famine that killed millions of Chinese yes. people. Like Mao's policies killed more people than Stalin and Hitler combined. Oh my God. They were, they had no, they couldn't and, go to And school. the monarchy, I mean, by the way, right? And the monarchy oh, combined. Oh yeah. Like, I, <laughs> all right. Well, on that note, now that we're talking about the monarchy, <laughs> that was really slick, by That's the way. I bet you're really good. I bet you're really good at being passive aggressive. I didn't speaking, even pick up on it. At speaking first. of the monarchy, someone dropped a baby in the bathroom. And here in Britain, a baby announcement this morning. The Queen's granddaughter, Zara Tyndall, Harry's cousin, gave birth to a baby boy on Sunday. Her husband, Mike Tyndall, said there was no time for the hospital guys. He grabbed a gym mat from the gym, put it in the bathroom, and that's where she gave birth on the bathroom floor. Oh, wow. Back to you guys. See that Royals are just like us. Oh, thank you, Kelly. That took a turn. <laughs> Kelly, thank you so much. Exactly. So what do you think about that? Okay. I love you and Jody's from reality TV podcast. I just love reading you guys go back and forth about the church. So Zara Tyndall, who is Princess Anne's daughter. Notice she isn't Princess Zara Tyndall because Princess Anne wanted her kids to live a normal life and she didn't give them the titles, even though they were entitled to it. And Zara lives in kind of obscurity. So I'm going to tell Archie, listen, young man, it's okay, because there's other royals that are less known than you. You're probably better known than <laughs> all the other grandchildren right now. So Archie, you stick with it, buddy. You're going to be okay. Anyway, <laughs> He'll be in a support group yes. along with Princess Margaret's kids. I had to look them up. I was like, where are Princess Margaret's kids? I don't even know Elizabeth's where sister's kids. Prince Edward's kids are, right? Wait, where are they? Yeah, Louisa, Louise, I think Louise. See, we don't even know their names. So Archie's yeah. fine. He's going to do just fine. Yeah. So Zara was in the bathroom, and apparently she went into labor. And her husband, what was her husband's name? Uh, the rugby player. Mike Tyndall. Mike Tyndall. By the way, he's had a nose job, because I saw some pictures of him uh, a little bit from a few years ago. He, you could tell, is a rugby player. He had no bridge. <laughs> he had zero bridge. No, it was nose. gone. So... Uh, she was in the bathroom and she's like, love, grab the yoga mat. I'm dropping a baby right now. And I'd rather it drop on a sweaty, bacteria-ridden yoga mat than on a fecal-ridden bathroom floor. Oh, so, yeah. Poor girl went into labor. They didn't have time to get to the hospital. She calls for him to get a yoga mat. He puts a yoga mat underneath her. How how uncomfortable can it be? Like, you can't make it to the bed. Well, well you'd probably have to burn the mattress. I mean, won't a few beach towels or something be okay? I just find it find it uncomfortable to give birth on the floor of the bathroom on a yoga mat. That seems unbearably uncomfortable. 
my next door neighbors had theirs coming out of the elevator at the hospital. <gasps> Ooh, that yeah. floor is even more loud. Well, her husband was parking the car. Oh God. Oh God. See, Jody and I both think that the floor is lava. So yeah, no. even the yoga oh. mat to me is a level of lava because that's got sweaty bacteria from growing up bodies that are going to touch that pure royal baby's skin. And then he said that he took the baby downstairs and watched golf for skin on skin contact. I'm like, how many husbands do you know that, that the wife is in labor and the guy's just watching like the game? Yeah. He's like, oh, thanks for having the baby. Scoops yeah. up the baby, brings it downstairs just in time to watch the game. You okay, hon? Can you go ahead and clean up the bathroom, love? Can you go ahead and scrub that down? Actually, I'm very fascinated by Zara and Mike Tyndall because... I think that she was trying to go to the Olympics for a horse, yes. something with horses, but massage, maybe. Yeah. And I like her body type and all that. She's like a healthy woman. Well, not after having the, she's going to be dragging her ut- uterus down the stairs after having that baby. <laughs> yeah, for real. For real. It was like over eight pounds. <laughs> Every time I think of him, do you remember, you might not even remember this. When there was pictures of him on the CCTV at the bars yes. kissing on that girl and they just got married and he like, that was the first year after they got married, right? It was like weeks after <sighs> and he lied to her about yes. going out and then she stood by him. They had to do some serious therapy. You th- Did they really? I think they, oh, well, I don't know if royals have access to therapy. That's right. Um, they may not have had access to marital therapy because it's frowned upon with the Royals and, and no one in the family has ever done therapy. So you're right. Maybe they didn't, they probably just kissed goodnight, have a little conversation at bed and said, it's okay, honey. Yeah. Yeah, I take that back. Well, and it was a mutual, she came out standing by him saying like it was a mutual friend, Uh, but he admitted that he had lied to her. So every time I see him, I just think of how mad I would be to see like my drunken new husband on camera kissing this chick and like leaving the bar together tell me about it oh my god yeah and they went to cowboys bar there was this whole discrepancy like his teammates were trying to vouch for him and other friends were trying to vouch for him allegedly they went to cowboys bar after the first bar allegedly we don't know yeah team teammates stick together exactly especially rugby players i've heard some really shady stuff about what rugby players do in the locker room (laughs) yeah Oh, I just like, I like seeing the ones where they have the Pacific. Oh, Pacific Islanders. Yeah. When they do the warrior dance before the game. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that. I love that. I have so much respect. Then it gets me all emotional. I saw one where they did it. If you don't, I get, I would be scared. Speaking of the Royals, did you, I sent you an article about, because, you know, I love a good Fergie story. Mm-hmm. We just don't hear about her like we used Mm-mm. to. She used to be, not. I don't see the Meghan Markle of her time, but they used to run stories about her Non-stop. all the time. That poor girl got harassed for her big legs so much. I feel bad for her. <laughs> she did. Yeah. So a couple of things. One, what did you think about Meghan Markle using the word Fergie and Kate, not Catherine, that she prefers to be called in her interviews? Kate was called Weighty Katie, waiting to marry William. While I imagine that was really hard, and I do, I can't picture what that felt like. This is not the same. She used the press terms, not the 
personal, intimate terms. She didn't call her Sarah. Oh, no, or but the they're, they're or... really good. For, they've been friends for years. She's been in the family for years and they've been over at each other's houses. So she can call them. The, oh, wait a second. No. Okay. No, she hasn't been in the family for years. She is not on a nickname basis with them. I think it's a little bit of shade. I think it's a little bit of shade yeah. thrown their way. Like, you know what? Yeah. I'm in my Montecito digs now. I'm going to call you by the press name. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Meg? Does she like to be called Meg? Oh, I, or Rachel. We should call her okay. Rachel. I wonder if Fergie refers to her as Meg or Kate refers to her as Meg. Meg, can the girls wear tights under their wedding dresses? <laughs> Meg, Meg, can they wear tights? What kind of shoes should we choose? <sighs> the crown is going to feature Sarah Ferguson's former dresser who murdered her boyfriend. So Sarah Ferguson, a.k.a. Fergie, she had a friend that she was really good friends with, and she stabbed and beat her boyfriend to death with a cricket bat in September 2000 after he refused to marry her. On the Saturday morning, he rang me and told me that, you know, we've had a big argument, and he said I called the police at one point to, to get them to come round, but that didn't happen. And he said, I remember these words, he said, Richie, they're only interested if there's a body bag. And then he told me, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll call you back. And um, that was the last time I spoke to him. 48 hours after the conversation with friend Richard Gore, Tom Cressman's employee found him dead. It's rare for a woman to murder full stop. To do it that brutal way, kitchen knife in the chest, clobbered over the head with a cricket bat. That was very violent. I mean, she did not fit the stereotype of, of a murderess. But she had a deep-rooted issues, it seems, with depression and anxiety, rejection. Tell me, I know you got opinions on this one, because you and I love some good old story. I feel really bad about the family. I'm not saying this is a good story because of him. I'm just saying we love the royal She said exploits. that he... Well, um, he stumbled upon a butcher knife and it just happened to go into his chest. Yeah, she was trying to use the defense that he stumbled upon. A, who stumbles upon a butcher knife that's pointed vertically into the air that can stab you directly into your heart? I just don't understand. And then she beat the crap out of him with a cricket bat. I mean, this was this is a little bit premeditated. He actually called 911 or... Uh, what is their emergency line there? Zero one one or something, something like that. So he called them a week before and said, we're having an argument. Can you send someone over to break it up? But it wasn't like they were fighting each other. According to the 911 call, they were just both while he's on the phone, they're staring at each other from across the room. I mean, this isn't funny. But apparently she had the look of death. She could just murder you with her eyes. I'm having a major fight with my other half. At 11.35 on the 16th of September, 2000, Tommy called the police. Is anyone injured? Not yet. And where is your other half? Right here. And what are they doing? Staring at me. Right, so they'd be assaulting anyone, sir? Not really. Mr. Clarkson, yeah. right? There's nothing threat or anything else. What do you want the police to do? I would like the police to come and split us up. I would like somebody to stop us from hurting each other. 
20 years ago, there was less understanding. So apparently she's across the room. They're in the same room. And she's just staring at him with those evil death eyes. And he's staring back at her. And he's on the phone going, uh, please, mate, send someone over. Uh, we're in an argument. And the, and the barrister is like, has anyone... Has anyone been hurt or any fists flying? Has anyone, is there any danger? And he just keeps on going, you know, telling them that not yet, but please come separate us. Cause they were living together. That's yeah. He was wealthy. They li- were living together in Fulham, but I can't even imagine if you're that crazy that your boyfriend calls the police on you just for the way you're looking at him. Yes. And uh, but which leads me to I think they've had other explosive arguments because weren't they just in Monaco or south of France the week before and she was expecting a proposal? Yeah, and he didn't. I think she'd got it in her head that he was going to propose to her on this amazing fairy tale holiday. She was pushing and pushing and pushing for an answer. So he said, "Well, if you want an answer, the answer's no," and that sort of seemed to flick the switch. The prosecution would later allege that this was the motive for Tommy's murder seven days later. There'd been a lot of arguments. I think it had become a fairly poisonous atmosphere. At some point, she'd gone off in my car and called up on the phone, threatening to take pills and drive the car over the cliff. A few days later, when they'd driven to the airport, and there'd been arguing going on in the car all the way to the airport. Journey to the airport, she was ringing people, telling everybody what Tom had done to her by rejecting her. I had a phone call from Jane, and she said, I've had enough, this is it, I can't do this anymore. The relationship at this point was incredibly toxic, and absolutely one of them needed to walk away. When the couple returned from holiday, the arguments escalated. And then after she attacked him, she left him dying in his bed and she went on the run calling and messaging friends to ask him of his whereabouts. Oh, God. Oh, As God. he's laying dying, because he could have, I guess he could have made it. Psychopath. But you know, so she gets diagnosed as having a personality disorder when she gets sentenced. So that's 2000. So in November of 2009, she absconded from an open jail because they have open jails over there <laughs> from uh, uh, it sounds like something you have in New York City after another man she had become obsessed with failed to visit her man if I were that guy I would be terrified if you don't visit her what's her name again Andrews what, so first last name? name was Andrews oh my gosh what was her first name if you don't visit Miss Andrews in jail you're gonna pay that's all I've got to say. No, so but they they caught yeah. her after about a week, right? And they put her back in. Yeah, I think she's out of jail now, isn't she? Oh God. Oh Lord. Protect. Do you think she knows where all the bodies are buried with like Fergie and Andrew? You know, this was when was she put in jail? How many years ago? Two thousand. Two thousand. Maybe. When did she stop working for for Sarah? Well, they were friends for. They were friends. Her name is Jane Dawn Elizabeth Andrews. So she may know where a few of the bodies are buried, but uh, I think Andrew really got into it in the in the mid two thousands, right? With Epstein. Yeah. So she she may have been pre Epstein. 
Yeah, she's out of jail now. She weirdly looks better now than she did when she was with him. She had that like older lady. She's one of those people that look like an older lady before they're an older lady. Yes. And I was asking McKenna this the other day because we were watching the movie Teen Wolf 2. And I was like, why do people in those movies that are supposed to be 19, 20, 21 always look older? And McKenna said her theory was that's because those same women are still doing their hair that way. So they look older, which I'm like, oh, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. They never change their hairstyle. Yeah, I know. That's like me. I never change no, my hairstyle. Yeah, but you're not using that whole bottle of Aquanet before you get ready. Oh, you don't know me. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I haven't. You've only seen me with my hair up in a ponytail because that's how I wear it every single day of my life. No, it looks good though. The only reason I'm wearing really it down is I have to go to Jake. They're having an Easter party at the park with masks. Aww. And I have to go hide Easter eggs. So that's so cute we're gonna try to do this weekend ukrainian easter eggs oh i love ukrainian easter eggs they're really they're really detailed we're i'm we're gonna suck but i'm gonna try do you have a template i got all the tools i got all the tools and there's little like wooden sticks with metal on it, it looks like something You're some so sort of tool amazing. i got all the tools i'm oh gonna look gosh. professional i can't wait to see these ukrainian <laughs> easter eggs uh, moving on from one wealthy guy to another, a Las Vegas timeshare millionaire sues an Instagram OnlyFans. <laughs> Sorry. OnlyFans is a subscription-based platform where people pay a monthly fee. In exchange for that fee, users get access to the content on a creator's main feed. You can message them, make yourself known through tips, even request custom content specifically for you. The site keeps 20% and the creator takes home the rest. All right. So he sees Instagram star Stephanie Gersansky claiming she secretly posed in his mansions and jet for nude pics to sell on OnlyFans and conned him into lavishing her with $1.3 million in gifts. So he filed these court documents on Monday and... He's 59. She's in her 20s. He says that she also abused his credit cards too, okay. besides what he already voluntarily gave her. At one point, she she paid over $26,000 in Louis Vuitton. He's a dumb dumb, by the way. She bought caviar when they broke up. Now that's a way to if break up. If you give someone your credit card, expect the fucking worst. Oops, excuse me. In my opinion, she didn't buy enough on that credit card. She should have bought the entire <laughs> store because you know it's a black card. She should have just went nuts if he's dumb enough to give this girl her credit card. By the way, he keeps on saying, oh, I thought she was a high fashion model. The girl is about four feet tall and with a giant butt. Does that say high fashion model to you? And you know what? Go to Mr. Google and look at her Instagram. Look at her social media. Does that say high fashion model to you? Uh, this buddy is very stupid. He he deserves everything he's getting. He just wanted to keep her as a girlfriend. All she wants is a sugar daddy. He deserves everything that's coming to him. And if she's dumb enough to just get $1.3 million in gifts, she should have been right from the get-go, write me a check, buddy. You want to buy me a purse? Give me a check instead. I'm I'm planning on going to college. It's for my college fund. I'm doing air quotes right now because, you know. So well, do you think sugar daddies are going to start to sue now? And, and not for nothing. He was upset that she took nude photos on his homes and jet to sell online. Like, okay, what do you think she was taking those photos yeah. for? 
like how stupid i mean when you take 60 photos of the same pose yeah which i'm like i do myself because i just you know i have one droopy eye in it you cannot discern whose house that is in the background i mean that's kind of a lame excuse. Oh, that's my private property. People are going to find out, you know, about me. Listen, dude, we already know you're a millionaire. Um, you know, he's like worth a hundred million, but they were like bathroom shots, jet shot. Those are nothing that it's not, it's not like she's taking a picture in front of a very expensive piece of artwork with a sign on it oh. that says owned by, owned by, you know, what's Steven Klubeck. It's not like she's doing that. The one thing that I thought was tasteless is she, she took a picture with his um, son's bar mitzvah beanie mm-hmm. on, which was pretty tasteless. It's pretty disgusting because she, it's even a bad yeah. picture. I'm like, girl, if you're going to do that, at least take a good picture. Um, yeah. But she claims that she broke up with him and he's suing her as retaliation. And then she took a restraining order out on him, which made him even more mad. I think it's just a, it's a, it's like a high school fight right now, which is pretty ridiculous. It's like, move on, buddy. There's got to be other thirsty 20 somethings out there who are Instagram models, high fashion model. (laughs) There's a Hulu uh, OnlyFans selling sexy streaming online, a documentary. OnlyFans is massively a part of the pop culture zeitgeist right now. Cardi B's on the platform. You have Chris Brown. Now, why are you tipping this rich man? I think I'm going to start an OnlyFans. Please do it, Lonnie Love. Michael B. Jordan's mustache. His name is Murphy. Got an OnlyFans coming is soon. That a, is that an OnlyFans account? <laughs> <laughs> so why not? Bella Thorne is probably the most infamous celebrity to join OnlyFans. Bella. Actually, I'm getting a little angry talking on about it big name stars changed it so dramatically my income went like this 2018 19 2020 <laughs> the site which started in 2016 has seen a rapid rise with 500,000 new users now joining daily it has over 100 million users and over 1 million creators only fans has really boomed during the pandemic i think people are Uh, staying at home more and they're bored and they're needing more entertainment. People are also needing additional sources of income. You and I would have a career in OnlyFans if you watch this documentary. There's really an OnlyFans for everyone. 24-year-old Savannah Benavides from New Mexico. I was running out of money. I remember I had $300 left and my car payment was, is $300. I had heard of OnlyFans. And I had thought about it for a while, but I just couldn't build up the courage to do it. I'm like, I need to put food in my son's mouth. I need to do something. The single mom to two-year-old Valen says she lost her job last summer. And after struggling to find other work, turned to OnlyFans. Talk to me about that first time you posted. What was it? What was going through your head? Were you nervous? It was actually a picture that I had posted on Instagram. I had made like... $700 in 20 minutes. And I was like, oh my God, this is my check that I've made in two weeks. There really is. There's somebody out there for everyone. It really gives me hope. Really? Like when I have to take off my clothes? No, no, there's one girl on there. I mean, no, I think you can just do it. Like just wear, you know, what if we just put pictures up of us podcasting? We could make 
billions. Yeah. We could be, we could have our own private jet. That's pretty sad. Yeah, she's she's pretty. I'll give her that, but she's not a high fashion model. She's way too short and way too disproportionate. I mean, a high fashion model. Uh, okay, I'm not a, really a fan of Kendall Jenner because I don't think she has a pretty face, but she's got about Mm-mm. ten feet of torso, which makes yeah. her long skinny and board like and that's the only way you can fit into sample sizes you cannot fit into sample sizes with hips and plus not with a six inch torso either i mean this girl has nice abs but she's no she's no Gigi hadid so for him to think that she was a high fashion model and all he had to do was google her i'm sorry he's a dumb-dumb and i hate it i hated his wig on uh, what show was he on undercover boss I hated that wig you wore. <laughs> they look like a complete tool. Go find yourself another 23-year-old, buddy. This one's done. Over. Move on. Well, moving on to another rich, probably stupid guy, was a... I found a new podcast on page six. Weirdly enough, I can only find it on Spotify. It's about the history of the Chippendales. And it started in LA, so I thought maybe you might know maybe a, an occasional Chippendale that you might have run across. No. I don't know if you were new, remembered this, but remember Dorothy Stratton from Playboy yes, magazine? Yes, yes. The one that got murdered yes. by her pimp mm-hmm. that he even called himself a mm-hmm. pimp. Oh my God. This really happened? Somebody gets murdered. This is the Hollywood dream gone wrong. Here's a waitress at a Dairy Queen. And within a matter of months, she was a Playboy Playmate. She lit up her room. All the corny phrases were true about Dorothy. She became sought after by every man in the world, even if it was only in their minds. Paul was a small-time hustler who found the golden nugget. Dorothy was his meal ticket. He's telling her, my goodness, you could be a Playboy bunny, you could be this, you could be that. I think he really thought, you know, this is mine. He wanted ownership. He wanted to be somebody, and he was nobody. He looked like a putz. They wanted her, but not him. I think for Paul, losing Dorothy to Peter Bogdanovich, a huge star director, was like the ultimate insult. I knew that he was dangerous, and somehow or other, she didn't see that. He was actually involved in the formation. He was one of the ones that came up with the ideas. And Dorothy actually came up with the idea of their costumes with the bow ties. That's right. Yes. Yeah. On a side note, my friend, the one that... Do you remember the J-Lo stripper movie? Yes. The manager in that was, I guess, played by himself. My friend worked for him as a cocktail waitress in New York City when she was in college really? or whatever. Yeah, she recognized him from the movie, too. So apparently he... You know, it was a big thing. But everybody keeps talking about this Bolo storyline on Real Housewives of Atlanta. I don't watch Atlanta anymore, but it was the one where I guess a couple of the ladies after dark had some fun with one of the strippers. Ooh. Which I don't even know. Are we supposed to be calling men strippers? Like, are is that appropriate? I'm, you know what? I'm only woke on Wednesdays. This is Friday. <laughs> call them whatever you want. Woke you can Wednesdays. call them male okay. titty dancers if you want. I don't care. Okay. It goes through like the dark history of the Chippendales, but I was like, oh, I wonder if there's anything on TV about it. So there was like a Mysteries and Scandals episode that you can watch on demand on Oxygen. 
It was the most famous exotic male review of all time. Chip Nails was fueled on total wild open sex. It was woman power. They could go there and be themselves. Shows were sold out around the world. The merchandise flew off the shelves. Chippendales was a multi-million dollar international brand. Everybody's fantasy. The Chippendales saga features a cast of characters straight out of Hollywood, including a Playboy playmate. Dorothy was a liaison with Mr. Heffron. An award-winning TV producer. Denoya was seeing all this cash and kept hammering, I want more, I want more. And at the center of the drama, a man who lived the American dream, but who became consumed with protecting his empire. Steve Banerjee was insanely jealous. Steve Banerjee's insatiable need for power turned deadly. Somewhere along the line, he snapped. He wants these people killed. But one of the guys murdered the other guy. One of the founders, right? Yes, yes. And what was like the producer? He was the main guy. He was the main guy. And he he murdered. What I find interesting, I'm going to digress here, is that Dorothy Stratton's husband, Snyder, the pimp guy, he's the one yeah. who wanted them to name it Chippendales after the furniture yeah. Whole time I thought it was after those cute Disney characters, Chip and Dale. And no way. <laughs> <laughs> now, the renamed club needed a special attraction to bring in the really big crowds. We tried things like magic shows and dinner, theater, anything to fill the time. In 1978, Banerjee got some advice from a Canadian entrepreneur who often hung out at Chippendales. The myth was that Paul Snyder came there a lot so he's kind of a low-life talker wannabe wanted to be part of the whole nightclub scene snyder came up with a way to attract an untapped market paul came to the club one day and pitched the idea of the male strippers we tried it for a day and tried it for two and it started to grow they were trying to feel it out they were trying to figure out you know if it was going to work because no one had ever done it we started off in the beginning very raw. We had jock straps with Velcro so the girls can pull them off, violating probably every law in the Alcohol Beverage Commission. Banerjee wanted to give the strip show elegance and class. Part of the solution came from Paul Snyder's wife. The choreographer was a Emmy-winning producer, actually. Hmm. The one of the people that had started it, he had arranged to kill him by a traffic cop no less it was like a traffic school instructor driving school instructor yeah so he was plotting to have people kill people i mean he was just you know like people kind of start going off the deep end and they start trying to hire hits yeah i mean no because i've never been through that but no but you've heard of those right like they just start going off the deep end i'm like have you ever heard of of one person having all these people die around them. No, it doesn't happen. Unless you know, it hits. hits. Yeah. Like you will get caught. Yeah. You'll get caught. So it's pretty interesting. I didn't realize there was so much darkness behind it of what was going on. And I wasn't sure if you had ever in your E days ever came across any like former Chippendales. No, well, you know, one time I had a guy audition for Wild On and he said he used to be a Chippendale dancer. But it was in Vegas because they had a Chippendales in Vegas too, right? I think the main yeah. club was in LA and then they just branched out all over the country. But the guy who hired the hit, 
when he was convicted, he actually hung himself in jail, right? Yeah. And his, so his wife got all of his money Banerjee? and all his estate. Did. Is that his last name? Banerjee? Yep. And all of them got all of his, he got, they got the estate and all that. So I guess it protected, it protected his, his enterprise or whatnot. But by the time that he killed himself, the company was kind of falling apart. They were starting one of the producers was branching off to start his own. And the theme of it was mailman, like oh, they postal. They were going to like <laughs> deliver you satisfaction or oh, whatever. God. So weird. Oh god. Women would get in fist fights in the club. Oh. Like some it was way more rowdier than than what men got at their experiences. It it's funny because like they said like job. in the early 80s women would want to pay for sex with these guys and I think one of the lines was one woman offered $100,000 to snort cocaine off of the man's wee-wee. Which is really, really gross. Um, and cl- yeah, it sounds real classy. Because uh, that's that's skin. So if you're trying to do that credit card cut, that's going to injure the phallus, won't it? <laughs> well, do you know that th- there's recently a, a case right now going on, I think in England or Germany, where a doctor put some on his junk. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he didn't tell the girl but she went down on him and died. She overdosed. Oh. And he's and apparently that was not the first time he's done that to women. Why so would he's you going through a court that? case. Where's right that now. in England? England or Germany. I'll send you an article on it. But yeah, he's going through the trial right oh. now. Imagine that's the way you overdose. And I think she was a single mom. And that's the way you like your death has oh, to be explained. Oh my God. That's horrible. That is horrible. He needs to go away for a long time. Long, long time. Back to our royals that are in bed. What, what what is the word like embattled embattled embroiled they're yeah. embroiled in yes. conflict who, oh yes yes and who, who like the i think it was the was it this not the son broke into william's voicemails when him and kate were breaking up and well oh. there was tapes that were picked up on a scanner back in December of 18th, 1989. So a, a, a scanner mm-hmm. picked up these phone conversations, which it must be when, remember when you had like the extension cord phones and your neighbor could pick up? Yes. It was a party line. Your phone a party calls. line. Yes. Yeah. Apparently there's 27 of these tapes that are in the vault of like MI5. Oh. And so I thought it would be like a cool idea for us to kind of go through the phone conversations of prince charles yes. and at the time his lover it's freedom friday Mel parker who would you can i be prince charles please yes but i just can't do a british okay accent. let me get let, can i just do like yes. maybe she sounds like i bet she'd be like kind of a little bit like a husky voice yes. like i'll try it okay let me let me as get into character are we starting from the beginning yeah okay hold on one second i just need to get into my character oh only why you knew this sort of thing has to be very well. So <laughs> I'm gonna go like, like, do they do like a wow, what? Like, oh, do they do like that? He's got a very, very okay. You can, you can, okay, I'm gonna start. <laughs> oh this God, is the so beginning good. of a three part series on Prince Charles and Camilla Parker Bowles' phone <laughs> conversation. He was a bit anxious, actually. Was he? I can't wait. I gotta do like a smoke. Like, was he? Yeah. Was he? No. <laughs> was he? He thought he might have gone too far. 
Anyway, you know, that's the sort of thing one has to be aware of and sort of feel one's way along with, if you know what I mean. Mm. (laughs) I'm blushing. You should do those where people get their books on Audible. You're really good at doing the voices. Mm. You're awfully good feeling your way along. (laughs) I can't even do it in a smoker's voice. Or like a grandma voice. I want to feel my way along you, all over you, and up and down you, and in and out. Oh! Particularly in and out. Oh, that's just what I need at the moment. Is it? Oh, and then the scanner comes on, and he speaks that this is December 18th. Okay. I know it would revive me. I can't bear a single Sunday night without you. Oh, God. It's like that program, Start the Week. I can't start the week I without you. I feel your tank. Yes, you do. Then you can cope. Then I'm all right. What about me? The terror trouble is I need you several times a week. Ciao, darling. Still too early to go to Tiffany's. I guess the next best thing is a drink. I will never be the woman with the perfect hair who can wear white and not spill on it. All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. It's me again, and you thought you probably had enough of my voice by now. Just a quick reminder to find us and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Miss Intrigue Pod. Follow us on Pinterest and Flipboard, where we collect featured stories from across the internet of royalty, chronicles of interesting events in history, and of course, true crime. Lastly, check out our YouTube channel because everyone has one, right? That features playlists of documentaries and other related segments from our podcast topics. And if you want to hit us up, check out MissDeedsAndIntriguePodcast.com. But we don't have a complaints department, just to give you a little heads up. The podcaster or authors assumes no responsibility or liability for any errors or omissions in the content of this podcast. The information contained on this podcast is an as-is basis with no guarantees of completeness, accuracy, usefulness, or timeliness. A reasonable amount of effort was made to deliver precise data. All views expressed by the podcast hosts or guest co-hosts are their own and do not necessarily represent the opinions of any entity whatsoever with which Carrie, Misdeeds, or Intrigue Podcast, or Larissa have been, am now, or will be affiliated. The content of this podcast is for personal, informational, and entertainment purposes only, and is not to be viewed for commercial use. Misdeeds and Intrigue Podcast respects the intellectual property of others. Any audio clips that were not generated by the podcast host or producer was pulled from the public domain, free use sites, and or from YouTube, or other authorized sites to gather information. The utmost effort was made to credit the author and or production. If at any time you feel that copyright was infringed, 
Please email Carrie at misdeedsandintriguepodcast.com and immediate action will be taken to remove the audio clips that were present for entertainment purposes only.